good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Kevin Miller, one of the staff pastors here, and I'm excited to be able to bring the word this morning. Grateful to uh, Pastor Aaron for giving me that opportunity. I love being able to speak. And uh, first of all, I just want to take a chance and welcome the West Campus, Appleton Campus, and our online campus. Can we give them a huge hand this morning? great to have you guys with us. And you know, I have to mention, this time of the year, every time it happens, the Memorial Day weekend, happy Memorial Day weekend, by the way, but every time it happens, I'm like, God, you love us. The weather, I'm just like, thank you, God. You've remembered us. You still have a plan for us. You love us. It's just, it's incredible. I'm loving the weather right now. I feel like everybody's so much happier, just loving life, right? Yeah? Okay. See, it's an exciting place. You guys are excited. We're continuing the series, um, First John, Then Me. Pastor Aaron started this series last weekend, uh, brought an incredible word. I would challenge you if you did not see that, if you weren't here for some reason, go back, watch it online or on the app. It was a great word. But he talked about God being the God of light. God is light. And this week, I want to talk about us being light. Okay, because God is the ultimate light, but he uses us on this earth to be the light as well. That's exactly what God does through all of us. In this book, 1 John, uh, John is the author and he's actually talking to the church here. Okay, so keep that in mind as we go throughout these scriptures. He's talking to the church. This letter was written to the church at this time. And this is made up of brand new believers people who have just started following Jesus, and then also people who have been following Jesus for a while, so mature believers in their faith. So just keep that in mind as we go throughout this. If you're here and you are not a Christ follower, uh, you haven't been following Jesus, I want to encourage you, you did not come on the wrong weekend. It's okay. I believe that John has some incredible truths in here for you as well. So we're going to jump right in. Before we do, I have something really simple, really primary for you guys. Light and darkness. There's a big difference between the two. You guys can write this down. Just play it. You don't have to write it down. But light and darkness, the characteristics of the two are the complete opposite. Light gives you a courage, gives you clarity, gives you confidence. When lights are on, it gives you all of these things. While darkness creates fear, chaos, Uh, confusion, all of these different things. That's the difference between the two. Here's an incredible truth about light and darkness as well, is that light always defeats darkness. Think about that for a second. Light always defeats darkness, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Just to practice this, you each have candles up under your seat. We're going to turn the lights off. Totally kidding. Some of you looked, some of you didn't. Some of you were doubtful. We don't. It's a great idea. Probably should have done it, but Light always defeats darkness every single time. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, the ultimate light, always defeats the enemy, Satan, the devil. Every single time he always has, he always will. That's the incredible thing about our God. We are on the winning team when it comes to light versus darkness. Light every time pierces through the darkness. You know, darkness is something that causes complete Chaos. I was at Six Flags when I was in middle school. How many guys like Six Flags? I love Six Flags. It's that time of the year. I believe it's open. It's roller coasters are going. So much fun. Well, I went when I was in middle school and my mom did something incredible. She's like, hey, just meet me back at this time 
And it's me and my friend, and I'm just like, yes. I'm just going all over the park. I had $10 in my pocket, and it was in the middle of summer in Georgia. So, I mean, it's 100 degrees on the asphalt. I mean, it's like 110 degrees. And I had $10. I decided to buy a big bag of $10 Skittles. Gatorade would have been nice. I don't know. But I'm walking around all day with these Skittles not knowing what to do. They're almost melting in my pocket. And what do you do at Six Flags when it gets really, really hot? No, not the water rides. My Skittles would be a mess. You don't do water rides. Somebody yelled that out last night too. You go in somewhere that has air conditioning. Water rides is a good option too. Okay, I'll give it to you. Somebody at the West Campus yelled that out as well. I heard you. But you go into somewhere with air conditioning. That's exactly what I did. I had my Skittles and I went in this uh, magic show and it was me and my friends. And the magic show was never the best show that you've ever seen in your life, but it was always packed midday because everybody's burning up hot and they just want to get in some air conditioning. And so it was absolutely packed out. I mean, it was packed at people everywhere. Me and my friend are sitting in the back and the show starts, it begins, and I'm just loving life because I'm feeling good. And the magician begins all of his tricks and people are clapping and going crazy. And then it comes to the very end and it's the grand finale. It's the, it's the magic trick that we've all been waiting for. It's the lady sitting in a tube and then he starts to cut her in half and we're all like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And then all of a sudden he's doing this in the middle of it, the lights turn off. Everybody's like, oh my goodness. Now listen, what I'm about to tell you, I was in middle school, okay, just to give you a prerequisite of what it's about to happen. I had a big bag of Skittles, all right? I poured just a handful of Skittles while the lights are still off. And I decided to just throw them as hard as I could. I don't know what I was thinking. Everybody's done it, right? Don't judge me. So I threw the Skittles as hard as I could towards the stage. My friend is like, what did you just do? And then you hear Skittles start to hit. I mean, it literally sounded like it was raining Skittles on the stage. The lights turn back on, and the magician is doing this. The lady's in the tube going, and she's cut in half. And the magician's doing this. Who threw the Skittles? I mean, he yells this out, and I'm going. I put the Skittles in my pocket, and I'm like, he's for real. I mean, they stopped the show at the end. Like, he, I guess it was the straw that broke the camel's back for this guy. He snapped. Okay, he just snapped at the end. Anyways, in darkness, chaos takes place. I was in middle school. Don't judge me. Middle schoolers, I love you, but don't judge me. In darkness, chaos takes place. Confusion takes place. Even if you watch the news, you keep up with this stuff, usually things that happen that wouldn't normally happen take place in the dark. They take place at nighttime. But God has called us to be people of clarity, people of light, people of boldness, people of courage. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to go through uh, some of the gospel of 1 John Again, when Pastor Aaron spoke this week and uh, me speaking this week as well, I'm going to be going through a large passage of Scripture, and then I'll talk about it and then do that again. I'm not going to be able to dissect each Scripture this morning. If I did, we'd be here three hours, and the weather is too nice for that. Let me hear it. Amen. Amen. Really? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Get off the stage. All right. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. Verse 12, we're going to start with verse 12. If you do not have your Bibles, no worries. Uh, scripture is going to be on the screen for you to be able to follow along 
with us as well. Before we get into it, let's just pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing this morning. God, I pray that your word would uh, penetrate every single one of us. God, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about your word. And God, I pray that you would use me, speak through me this morning in a powerful way. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 2, starting with verse 12. Again, you can follow along with me on the screens. It says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. You know, the first thing that we have to do if we want to live in the light is remember what God has done in your life. Take the time to remember what God has done in your life. That's exactly what John was doing here. Again, keep in mind, he's writing to the church. The church, these people, they already know these things. They know that God is good. They know that they've helped them to overcome the evil one. They know all of these things, but he's writing this to them anyway. He's saying, remember, don't ever forget Remember what God has done in your life. He says, remember that your sins have been forgiven. Remember that you know the one who is from the beginning. Remember that you have overcome the evil one. Remember that you know the Father. Remember that the word of God lives inside of you. He's reminding them of these simple truths. You know, many times in our life, we spend so much time in the darkness, we forget what the light looks like. And we need reminders constantly to be able to do that. You know, in my life, in just a practical sense, what I do to just remember what God has done, remember what God has spoken, is I keep a journal. And after uh, reading the scriptures, I usually jot down something that God is speaking to me. After something important in my life, I usually write it down in the journal so that I can go back and actually look and see, man, this is the date, this is the time when God spoke to me. And I know some of you men in here are like, I will not keep a diary. It's not a diary, okay? It's just a journal. It's just, I don't care how you do it. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on Evernote, which is a great app. You can do whatever you want to do, but just have something in place where you can go back and see, man, this is what God spoke to me. And this is what God did in my life because to be of the light, we constantly need to place ourselves in the light. And we need to remember what God has done in our lives. There, there have been so many times in my life when I've felt down or when I've just been in a, a dark place and I've been able to pull out one of my journals and just read and say, no, but God spoke this to me. No, this is, this is when God called me into full-time ministry. No, this is when God spoke to me this about my family. No, this is, and there's a confidence that comes from that, from knowing, man, this is what happened. And when you write it down, it takes you back to that place when you go back and read it. So I would really encourage you guys to journal your stuff. You know, something that happened um, on a missions trip we just went on. We just went on a missions trip to Moldova. We had an incredible team that went along with us. I know some of you guys are here this morning. You may be at the uh, West Campus or Appleton Campus as well. But it was an awesome, awesome trip that we took. We went to Moldova, which is the poorest country in Europe. Uh, we were able to build a playground for kids for a school that really didn't have anything to play on. And uh, one day it was raining and we weren't able to actually go and work on the playground area. So we got some bags of food and began to deliver food to people and pray for people that were in this village that we were in in Moldova. And I will never forget this moment when I walked into this lady's house and 
you can smell the food that she was cooking. You walk past and looked, and there wasn't any meat there. It was just a little bit of food here and there that she was trying to, to, uh, to cook for her family. And I walked in. The best way to describe it, it was a concrete hut. I mean, it just it wasn't much at all that she had. And I walked in there, and, you know, just to describe this story a bit more, I am a person that doesn't normally wear socks when it's warm, as you can tell. Not rocking in any socks this morning, but I went in her house and I didn't have any socks on, okay, because it started out warm, but it started raining, started cooling off. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, what are you doing without socks? And she comes, she goes to the back of her house and she comes out with this pair of socks and brand new pair of socks with the tag on it. She says, here, take these. I was just like, I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't take the socks. And she says, no, you need to take the socks. And the missionary is like, you need to take the socks. And I was like, I'm going to take the socks. So I took the socks, and you know, we all had a laugh about it. But afterwards, I went back, and I began to just reflect on what happened. And I began to see that this lady hardly had food to put on the table. And she just gave me a brand new pair of socks because she wanted to take care of me. Talk about being the light. She gave me a brand new pair of socks. And I began to reflect and write down in my journal and think about what would that look like for me if I gave somebody something that would be a sacrifice. This pair of socks, as small as it seems, as as little as they seem, as inexpensive as they seem, was a huge sacrifice to her. And I wrote that down in my journal so that when there's a time where I feel selfish, when there's a time where I feel like I'm supposed to give something to somebody, but I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be able to afford it. When there's a special offering coming up or something, I'm just like, you know what, I'll just give this amount. But God's speaking to me something different. I can go back and I can say, no, generosity has to be within me. I have to do this because I've seen other people do it. And God, his light is within me. It's a time to remember what God did in you. That's the first thing. Remember what God has done in your life. The Bible goes on to say, In verses 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. You know, what he's describing here is the fact that the world passes away. The things of the world, they all pass away. And the the word world that he uses here in Greek, it translates into cosmos. And that word cosmos, it means the world that is ruled by Satan. Okay? So it's all the possessions of the world, all of the things of the world. It's saying don't be ruled by the things of the world. Don't fall in love with the things of the world. Don't do that. That's what he's saying right there. The second point, if you want to live in the light, if you want to truly be a light, you have to realize that living for Jesus gives us an eternal mindset. Living for Jesus gives us an eternal mindset. The things of this world that so many times we get caught up in, they will all pass away. The Bible says that the things of the world, moth and rust, will destroy it. They will all 
pass away. That's what he's talking about here. Do not love those things. You know, I find myself sometimes getting so caught up in the things of the world. And man, I, I have to have this amount in my savings account. My son is going to be in college before I know it. I have to save this amount or, or getting caught up in a certain political stance or party. There, there's so many things that can we wrap our minds around when he is saying, no, concentrate on God. Concentrate on the light. The light is eternal. All of the things here in this world, they will pass away. The light and people that we share the light with, that's the only thing that we can take us with to eternity. That's what he's saying here. And he's, he's very blunt. He's very transparent in these scriptures. He's saying that's the only thing that we can take. You know, I remember being my dad one time. Uh, I, was, I was sitting with my my dad outside of our house and it was nighttime and he had a flashlight and he kept turning it off and then on. And he said, Kevin, you know what's cool about this is this beam of light continues to travel into eternity. Even after we turn the light off, that beam continues to travel. And it just blew my mind as a kid. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Continues to go into eternity. Think about that for a second. You know, I believe that so many natural laws coincide with God's laws of the supernatural. That the light within us is eternal. The light that we have received. You know, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we begin to follow Jesus, the Bible says that we become the temples of the Holy Spirit, that we are, are one with Christ in our spirit, that we become his temples. You know, in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, it says that he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. He who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So by us following Jesus, we then receive that light. And it gives us this eternal mindset. As we read on in uh, verses 18 and 19, it says, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us. But they did not really belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. In this passage, in this short passage, he's talking about the end times. And John is the same person that wrote the book of Revelation. And if you want to get into a deeper study of the end times and the eschatology, I would encourage you, Pastor Aaron had a great series uh, last year. It's called In the End. Look that series up. Check that out. I do not even have time to get into the Antichrist and the end times. But what I take from this is that we have the light of the world within us. And we may not have that much time to share the light with others. You know, the Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour that Jesus will return. So we don't have much time. We have to do everything that we can to share this light within us to other people. The Bible goes on to say in verses 20 through 29, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do not know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? Is it the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, 
and you do not know and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Reading on verses 28 and 29, it says, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears and we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. You know, the next point that we have to realize if we want to be the light is that we are carriers of the light. We are carriers of the light. Again, describing our faith. When we take that moment and say, Jesus, I want to follow you, that means that we then have the light within us. It's wild to think about that God would entrust us. God, the creator of the universe, his master plan is in us to be able to save the world. No pressure, right? He put the light inside of us. You know, throughout this passage, I love this part. It mentions the word anointing four times throughout this small passage here. And it doesn't mention the word anointing much in the New Testament, but it does here. And I think it's trying to get a point across as John begins to write. You know, anointing in the Old Testament, it says when people were, uh, basically all throughout the Old Testament, when people were about to get into a high position, either in the government or a spiritual position, it says that they would uh, take oil and they would anoint them with oil. They would pour it from the top of their head and let it flow to the bottom of their feet. That was the anointing. And when they received this anointing, it was almost a, a confidence knowing that God was behind them, knowing that God was going to use them in a mighty way. And he mentions this in the New Testament. And I begin to think, what, what does that mean for us? You know, all throughout the Bible, there's this analogy between the Holy Spirit and oil. All throughout, there's a comparison and uh, a similarity between the Holy Spirit and oil. Now think about this. When you get saved, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the New Testament, the anointing is not just with some people that were chosen for some places. I believe it's for everyone that takes up the chance to follow Jesus. I believe it's for everyone that says, you know what, I want to follow Jesus because you then become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Think about this. In the Old Testament, the priest were the only ones that could go into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, and experience the presence of God. They were the only ones, only ones allowed. But when Jesus came to this earth, he died on a cross for me and you. And right after that in the Bible, it says that the veil that led to the Holy of Holies in the temple was torn. And what that represents is that the presence of God is now no longer for just certain individuals. It's for everyone. It's for every single person. And God has anointed each and every one of you that have decided to follow him in this walk. God has put a light in each and every one of you to be a confidence, to be able to walk into your workplace and tell people about Jesus, to have a confidence within you that he has anointed you to change your family from the inside out. He has anointed you as a man to lead your family into the presence of God every single day. He has given us this anointing, not just for some, but for all. Anyone who wants this anointing, when you follow Jesus, you receive this. We all have the light, and there's a confidence in that. When the lights are on, there's such a confidence that you know where you're going, you know which direction you're going to be going in. That is what God gave us. He has called us to be light 
carriers. As we read on chapter 3, verse 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning. Because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. You know, this is some pretty intense stuff. Again, he is very real, very transparent in what he's saying. He said, you can either have the light or not. You can either walk in a boldness with this light that is within you or not. No, lastly, if we want to be the light in this world, we have to realize that we inherit the light. We inherit the light. I love this part of Scripture in chapter 3 where it says we are his children. We are the children of God. You know, I begin to think about my son, and man, I would give my son whatever he wants as long as it's good for him. And Jesus in the, in the Gospels, he says, you know what? As much as you love your, your children here on earth and you want to do for them, how much more will your Father in heaven do for you? How much more will God, the creator of the universe, the ultimate light, how much more will he say this light is yours? It's your turn to carry this. This is yours. You are the hope of the world. The church is not a building. The church is you. And the church needs to continue to grow. There are lost people all over this world, but there's also lost people in Starbucks right now in every single city that we're in. You are needed. The light within you is needed. Christ within you is the hope of glory. It's the hope of the world. And it resides inside of each of us. It's up to us to bring this light into the world. You know, I was in Moldova and it was our last day there. And we decided to go into some caves. Now, I don't usually wake up in the morning and say, I'd love to go into a dark cave today and get hit by a bat or something like that. But I was a little excited about it. And then on the other end, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But the missionary came and he had these huge DeWalt heavy-duty flashlights and he gave them to us. And as soon as I got that flashlight, it's like a boldness came over me. I was like, I'm ready for this adventure. Begin to go and explore through the cave. There's a confidence in knowing that we have the light of the world inside of us. 
there's a confidence knowing that when we go on this adventure that we call light, yes, there will be ups. Yes, there will be downs. There will be tough times. There will be hard times. But knowing that we have the hope of the world within us gives us a confidence. It gives us a meaning. You know, going back to the anointing, they would usually pick out the people that they thought would make the biggest difference. But God says that he will use the low things of the world to confound the wise. Some of you in here, you think, man, I could never be used by God in a powerful way. I don't know how that's possible. The church needs you. God needs you to portray your light. That may look like many different things for all of us. It may look like just being a different change in our family and truly showing the light of Christ within. It may look like going up to that coworker at work and truly portraying what God has done in your life. It could look like many, many different things. We have to get creative in portraying this light within us. But the hope of the world is within us. God has blessed us with this light, this beautiful, magnificent light to share with other people. That's exactly what he wants us to do. Let's bow our heads. If everybody could bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, there's some of you in here, you've heard me talk about light and you feel like you, you really don't have the light of Christ. You've been in darkness for a while. Maybe you once had the light, but you've been living in darkness and you know it. There's some of you in here that for the first time, you're like, you know what? I want a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's about walking with Jesus, following the word, having that relationship with him. If you're here and you would say, you know what, Kevin, I, I heard you talk about this and I realize that I am in darkness. I want to step into the light. I want a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand up. You can put it right back down. Just raise your hand up high. Put it right back down. If you want a relationship with Jesus, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You want a relationship with Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. And just raise it up. Put it back down. I'm going to give just one more moment. This is one of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life is following Jesus. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Thank you. You know, we're going to pray. The Bible says in, in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, he is alive today. When you confess that and believe it in your heart that you will be saved, you will start this relationship with Jesus. So we're going to say a prayer in a second. All of us together, those of you that raised your hands, those of you that didn't, please join along with us. But it's not going to be the prayer that, that saves you. It's not going to be the words that you speak or the words you repeat. It's going to be you actually believing in your heart that Jesus is everything. It's going to be you believing this in your heart and actually beginning to follow him that starts this relationship. So let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. I want to live for you. I want to live in the light. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and giving your life for me. I want to live for you the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Everybody can look up. You know, lastly, I want to do something different. Uh, many times we struggle with being the light, myself included. And we are only vessels. 
and we're cracked and we're flawed and sometimes our light grows really dim inside of us. But God makes all things new. God gives us the opportunity to make all things new. So if you're in here and you say, you know what, I want my light to shine brighter than ever. I truly want to be a light to every single person I come in contact with. I want for nothing else to even compare to the light within me. If that's you and you say, I want to be more of a light, in a second I'm going to ask you to stand up. Here at the Germantown campus, the Appleton campus, the West campus, if that's you and you say, I want to be more of a light than ever before, I want you to go ahead and stand up right now. If that's you, you say, I want to be a light. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what uh, people say. This is the number one and most important decision in my life is to be a light. I just want to say a prayer for you. I want to say a prayer that there is a boldness, that there is a courage that comes upon you to say that you, each and every one of you, are the hope of the world because of who is within you. Man, think of what could happen if your co-workers came to Christ. Think of what could happen if that family member you've been praying for so much could come to Christ because of the light within you. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for every single person here. You guys begin to pray too. You guys begin to pray out loud, whether you're online, Appleton Campus, West Campus, here at Germantown. Jesus, I pray for every single one of us standing up, saying, God, we want to be a light. We want to be more of a light to your world. God, I pray for a boldness and a courage that you have chosen us. You have chosen each of us to make a difference in this world. You have put the light of you within us to be able to make a difference. God, I pray for just a boldness, a courage, a clarity in our walk with you, in the conversations that we have, in the people that we invite to church, in the people that we pray for at work. Whatever happens, let us know that first and foremost, we belong to you. We are your children and we have your light. God, I thank you for what you're doing in each and every person in this place. It's in your name I pray, amen.